Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. I'm Dylan Heisen, and today I'm joined by Delaney Stovall. Hey, y'all. Michelle Ander. Hello. And Sarah Potter. Hello. Uh, this is our second annual Queer Representation in Animation Year in Review podcast. Um, we are going to be getting into the ups and downs in queer representation in all of animation, Western anime, um, in the year 2019, going through trends, uh, progress that has been made or not made, um, and going through specific shows, highlighting uh, specific moments of representation from throughout the year. Uh, we, Like I said, we did one of these last year, so you could listen to that for kind of the genesis of this podcast. Um, we'll be doing a similar thing this year, and uh, I think there's a lot to get into from this year, a lot of interesting uh, like discussion points on queer rep that happened this year, uh, also uh, just a lot of interesting moments from a lot of these shows. Um, big general spoiler warning uh, here, we're getting into a lot of shows, and uh, we have to get into spoilers for a lot of these shows. I would say there's nothing that's like a super huge spoiler. Maybe some of the anime honestly sounds like the most spoilers at the end. But um, if you haven't seen the shows, uh, like if, when I bring up a show, you might want to skip ahead. But also, uh, I think it's worth it to get into spoilers absolutely for this topic. Um, yeah, we're OverlyAnimated.com, by the way. Find us there. Um, search for us on iTunes and everything, and uh, check out other podcasts we're doing. We generally discuss topics like this throughout all of our podcasts. This is one in particular where we dive into queer issues specifically. Um, the uh, oh, another another warning is that that we're going to talk about a lot of shows here, but we don't watch every show, so I might be missing stuff from throughout the year. We put our heads together and tried to come up with most of the things that jumped out, uh, but it's possible we're missing something. Um, I would say listen to last year's podcast for a more in-depth intro into this topic, but some important things to get out of the way, starting with the same introductory quote from Steven Universe creator Rebecca Sugar, because I think this is just really good and really um, base level for understanding why, like, why are you guys doing a whole podcast on this? Well, here you go. Rebecca Sugar says, by including LGBTQIA content and characters in G-rated entertainment for kids, you tell kids when they're young that they belong in this world. You can't not tell them that. There can't only be a certain group of kids who are told someone will love you by all the entertainment that they see. It's just so unfair. Um, so she's saying kids, very important that they see queer characters on TV, that they see themselves echoed on screens. Um, also true of adult shows and, and people our age watching shows. It's very important to us as well, personally, I think. Um, so, you know, this is, this is a very important topic for all of us and just a very important topic in general. Another, I think, kind of basic thing to know about this is that um, if you watch a lot of maybe uh, animated shows meant for kids on TV, you might not be aware, but most shows have censorship on them. Like almost every single show, the animators, storyboarders, writers attempt to get in uh, queer representation because a lot of them are like queer or young and progressive, and a lot of it is shot down up the chain. Um, so... We're going to be talking about maybe failings of shows. We don't necessarily mean the people writing it or anyone creating it. It could be above their heads um, or the good things, you know, like, so it's, it's like, why, why isn't there more? Like every show is censored. This is, I think this is an important thing to know. Um, 
Okay, so, and that Rebecca Sugar quote is from an EW article. Um, uh, you can search Steven Universe Voltron, kids cartoons, LGBTQ characters, something like that to get that article. Okay, so so looking over this year's representation from this year, I think that last year was more obvious maybe to me, like what like we're going to talk about to start with. Um, last year was like a big groundbreaking year for Western animation um, with the first three ever uh, same-sex kisses involving a main character on kids' TV. Um, this year continued that trend. Yay. And uh, But also, I feel like I wouldn't say there's one moment as flashy, not necessarily as good or as important. I think those are subjective. But I don't know what the flashy headline is for, for Rep this year. Maybe you guys can weigh in on that soon. But um, there's uh, maybe more of a subdued year on the surface. But I think once you dig into it, you start to see trends, like w- one trend that absolutely stuck out to me and helped by like literally this past week, Steven Universe contributing to it. But this is like a much better year for genderqueer representation, especially non-binary characters being presented in shows. There's several non-binary characters being presented in shows. Um, yes. Yep. Yeah, I think like that's the most, I think by far the most obvious trend and not necessarily something we expected because I don't know if we talked about that almost at all last year. So that's very interesting. Um, we'll definitely get into that. Uh, and a headline on the anime side, I think we talked about it last year, but I think anime is improving a lot. Uh, there is rep to talk about this year and in past years, there's almost none, no explicit rep to talk about. Um, I will say, though, that it's still just a few shows and there's still a lot of problematic shows. So it's a lot of mixed feelings, I think, with with rep and anime. But there's some real highlights uh, that um, some of these guys are going to talk about. Um, so uh, I guess other points I have, I think uh, look at you have to look maybe look a little past Steven Universe and she to see kind of the big rep highlights of the year. Steven Universe is the. Uh, the the big the big gay show and Shira is like the new gay show, <laughs> the big right? Gay like, show. The big gay show and the, the new gay, gay show. show. But like they neither had super explicit, at least um uh sexual uh, orientation wise, like identity, like the no huge moments, I would say. Um so uh, This is the year of gay parents. Yeah, it's the year of gay parents. That's both that is male true. and there, female. There are uh, very important parents in Shira and other shows. Um so we'll we'll get into that, but I think that is something important to know. Maybe it feels quieter because um I I, I think we kind maybe expect Shira to break through in a bigger way in its last season and Steven Universe just for whatever reason we'll talk about that, had its stuff last year, not this year. Um and then um yeah, like I said, it's harder to see these big trends, but I want us to try and find what's meaningful throughout this podcast. So I think like we can talk about this as uh, we can maybe develop our our feelings on this as we go on. Um, so all that being said, uh, let, let's go to each each of you guys. Like, what looking back on the year, like what are some moments that stand out the most to you from shows you watch? We all we all watch different shows. Like, what did you react to most? What feels most meaningful to you? And like I mentioned, some headlines that stand out to me. Um, in the beginning, you don't have to have this right away because we could, like I said, we can develop it as we go on. But do you have any also that immediately come to your mind, uh, Delaney? So I've been getting people warmed up with my big gay rat speech. Yeah! <laughs> so, so is that now? That is now the gay, <laughs> gay rat speech. This now. is Ar- Arthur. So Arthur, yes. So. Pretty much everyone has, like, a concept of what Arthur is. (laughs) I didn't watch a lot of Arthur growing up. Now, my fiancé did. And I know a lot of people watched it growing up. 
I was a privileged child who had cable and my fiance was not one of those kids. And the reason I tell you that is so I come from, I'm from Kentucky. I live in Kentucky and this Kentucky is mostly rural. And so what you were talking about, you know, there aren't really a lot of standouts and I agree with that. There aren't a lot of standout moments. There aren't a lot of, you know, big flashy gay nonsense happening, but I really do think that the, Mr. Atburn and the special someone, the season premiere for, I think it's season 22 of, yes. of Arthur. This is might be obviously, you know, for me, legend of Korra is very important. And that was definitely a milestone and representation for Western animation. But I believe Mr. Atburn and the special someone might be the moment that we might be able to pinpoint things changing. And the reason why, and yes, PBS, you know, you don't watch things on PBS. You're like, oh, they're lying to me because that's what PBS is for. PBS exists to teach people things. And PBS, if you don't have cable, you can watch PBS. And so this is extremely meaningful to me as someone who lives in a rural community. And because you have to have Netflix to watch She-Ra. A lot of the shows we cover, you have to watch Netflix. On the last season of The Legend of Korra, you had to watch it online. Nick murdered the show by moving it to Nick online. There are kids who have no idea that Korra and Selma got together, even if they religiously watch The Legend of Korra every episode until the end of season three. Because the show got moved to online. PBS comes on every day, same time, and kids watch Arthur. And parents love Arthur. This is the important part, kids at home. Parents love Arthur. And you've learned good stuff from Arthur. Arthur is a good, wholesome child show. Parents don't like SpongeBob SquarePants. They don't like, you know, a lot of these dumb Cartoon Network shows. I say dumb. I obviously don't think it's dumb. We're going to talk about Cartoon Network shows. But, you know, but parents love PBS. And PBS had a show. They had Arthur. Arthur, the show about the aardvark where they, like, <laughs> do kid stuff and learn crap. They had Mr. Ratburn, an important character, their teacher, marry a man. It was the whole episode was about it. The whole episode was like, oh, my God, he's gay. Awesome. They were so worried that he was going to get married to this horrible person who was actually his sister. And they're like, oh, my God, we're so happy for you, Mr. Ratburn. So even though everyone's like, LOL, gay rat wedding, this is extremely important. This, I mean, this is, the only thing that can come after this that would be a bigger deal is going to be when we have our gay Disney princess. Yeah. Once we have a gay Disney princess, it's over, guys. We won on animation, not other things. <laughs> like, <laughs> when we have a gay Disney princess, we're like, yes, we're so close. Elsa. Hopefully. Elsa, when Elsa's gay, it'll be great. <laughs> okay. But no, this really is extremely meaningful to me. And like everyone watches PBS. Everyone, like I didn't watch Arthur religiously. Did I even watch this episode? No. We didn't even watch the episode. Yeah. Te- <laughs> oh, what? That was a blindside. Uh, to echo what you're saying, I think this is the thing that got the most headlines this year. From It did, exactly. And that's another important thing is that everyone knew this happened. I have seen the clips. I didn't watch the whole episode because I, like I said, I don't watch how, how PBS. How I know. Dare. I'm terrible. Yeah, so you, meaning, you, so basically, like, meaningful to you, but, like, visible, like, visible to yes. a lot of people that might not see a lot of these things. Right, and, yeah. and the thing is, like, in the reality, in Kentucky, and a lot of states, 
in a lot of, you know, rural areas, this is the only source of cartoons kids get. They watch PBS and they get to watch all the animated shows on PBS. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think that's like important for us to keep in mind, because even though like maybe compared to some other things, this is like a wedding involving um, like a side character, like right. uh, it, it, it might not seem as important. Like, I, I agree, this is like going to be one of the most impactful things because visibility is also really important. And Arthur's kind of this iconic show. And this definitely like, had like the most headlines here. Well, it's like, for example, like, you know, I don't watch anime. I don't. And a lot of people don't watch anime. Like a lot of people who we're trying to like fight with. Granted, a lot of people do watch anime. I'm not saying they don't. But like, if some obscure anime gets gay rep, I'm like, that's awesome. Maybe I'll go watch it. But like, I don't really care. Yeah. So what's important to you is things that a lot of people are seeing. Um, yes, because I think that's point. ultimately the point of queer representation. Now, granted, that's the thing. That's what I mean. That's what here what we're talking about. Like Korra. So if we make our starting point, the Legend of Korra. Cora's gay. And then we begin to see all these other shows that are gay. And, you know, it, it's a trickle down. A trickle down that works. And, you know, we're, I mean, I mean, it was a big deal. I mean, it wasn't done great, but DreamWorks had, a, the end of Voltron was gay. DreamWorks. DreamWorks. After yeah, all that nonsense. Like, it's cra- And now we have She-Ra, which is like the, the gayest gay. show without being gay. It's incredible. Yeah, so I, I, yeah, I definitely like, so you're saying like, this is like, I think this is like one type of importance of rep we can talk about, right. which is like visibility to people that wouldn't normally see it, which is like right. a lot what that Rebecca Sugar quotes like, about obvi- is kids like, seeing and that, it. Yeah, and then, you know, the kids seeing it. And obviously, I want to watch things that I want to watch be gay. Duh. Right, like, but that's, the, that's have, the other thing is like, right. there's people like us that might seek out obscure right. shows to watch. And, I, and, and, and that's important is, too. Yeah, and I have the ability. I can afford Netflix and the 95 other subscriptions we have to have to watch things. Kids can't. They are they have to watch whatever their parents watch. And yes, a lot of people have Netflix. But in my like my community, which is rural Kentucky, which do I know a lot of gay people? I do. And I've gone out places. I've been to really small fairs and I've had kids come up to me and be like, "Oh my god, are you are you gay? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, me too. I've never met another gay. This legitimately happened to my fiance. She was, it was pride and she was wearing pride clothing. And this kid who had never met another gay person got to interact with someone who was out. And for, that's why this is, this stuff is so important to me. Yeah. Big rep, very important. Like, I mean, you know, I'm really happy that y'all like to watch anime and you're going to have gay anime. That's awesome. I'm so happy for you. But then, you know, when kids don't, they don't see it, they don't get to experience it, and, you know, they're stuck. And stuff like PBS is really important to where I come from. Yeah, I really I really like that perspective from you, very personal about how this affects, like, people around you, lives you've seen. And, I, yeah, I love highlighting Arthur early on, because you're right, like, even though it's a show we're not, like, talking about on this podcast regularly, Arthur in his 22nd season, like, it's, it's, this is, this this is, this is probably, (laughs) like, I do think this is maybe the biggest moment of the year in terms of, uh, global recognition, so, um, awesome stuff, and we can, uh, Come back to Arthur to get, uh, I guess, other perspective and stuff. And I it told you the gay rat speech was coming. Okay, there you go. Thank you. I, <laughs> I forgot it was coming. I was, uh, I was pleasantly surprised. <laughs> I kept, that. I kept updating people with the gay rat speech okay. is coming. <laughs> okay, uh, Michelle, uh, to refresh on the question, the uh, what's some some rep most 
meaningful to you or that stood out to you the most from this year or and ends or any other headlines uh, that you're thinking of right now? Oh, man. Well, I'm still reeling off of the gay rat speech, too. <laughs> Because, like, like your fiancé, Delaney, I also grew up with Not Cable and would just watch PBS religiously. And Arthur was one of the, like, PBS had a lot of quality shows in the early 2000s, but Arthur was just consistently very in good and very, and very funny. And that's the thing, like, it, it's going strong for that long. They must be doing something right to keep it going and have, like, the ratings they need to keep green lighting season. So like it is kind of this really safe seeming, well not seeming, like it's a very safe like quote unquote normal show that any parent would trust their kid with. So for them, like Lane's like saying, like for them to be like, all right, Mr. Rapper, it's time. It's your time. You're gonna get married finally. This wonderful man who, is he also a rat? I forget. Is some, he's, he's a creature. And they're in love. It is great. Yeah, it's Arthur. It's like, if it can be okay on Arthur, it can literally be okay anywhere. That's kind of how it feels seeing it on PBS. Because I I also agree that, like, while there are more niche shows. Yeah, he's an art While there are more niche shows that can kind of delve into a lot of, like, maybe interpersonal character drama and like what's it like being very specifically like queer for them like there is something really important about just normalizing it for the sake of normalizing it and it's i like i just like i agree with everything to said it's very important not to lose sight of that because that's a, a huge part of the mission hopefully of just like queer things on television but especially for children my anime isn't for children, so it's well, really good they can start with Arthur. And when we do this, like, we just, you know, we said earlier that this is kind of the year of gay parents. Well, we've normalized people having gay parents, and now we have a gay marriage in Arthur, and then, you know what? Event, like, that's, that's how this works, is you normalize representation. You don't have to explain it all the time, because people begin to become accustomed to it. And then we're not going to have to have, like, a trans storyline every time we introduce a trans character. You just be like, oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, too. Like, I feel like, honestly, like, Dylan, you're asking, like, what are my biggest takeaways? It's the thing that's so interesting about this year is it's just this feels like the first year in a while that's just, like, such a ripple effect year in terms of, like, Mm. all these shows have a permeated part of them that's queer in some way and that i think on its own is just like one of the biggest steps we're seeing in terms of that normalization because like i personally i feel very strongly about professor venomous and lord boxman getting married but also like it's wonderful that like they're not the only two people explicitly gay who also get married in that show and like that's yeah, I was reading the outline because, like, and I was yeah, like, all like day in the show. They're like like you got Enid and Red Action, you got Joff and Nick getting married, and then you have Professor Venomous and Boxman. And the good thing about that is like it helps normalize it even more because like sometimes I get scared when like, you know, in the past when you see characters that are kind of coded as evil. And they're allowed to be a little more, like, queer-coded because it's, like, there's an implicit interpretation of, like, oh, but they're bad, though. You don't want to be like them. But if you make everyone gay, it's, like, it doesn't matter. Like, who you can be gay and anything. 
And that's the, the best. That's the best thing you can do. Yeah, like you can be gay dads. Your best friend can have her girlfriend from the future. You can be evil businessmen husbands together. Like you can be anything and be gay. And that's good too because like that's a huge difference between being like Oh, I have my one friend who's gay, and that's it. They're they're the, my token gay. Versus like lit- like your teacher, your Mr. Rapper teacher can be gay. Your parents are gay. Your best friend's gay. Everyone's gay. You know, like that's that is the next logical step in all this. And I feel like just based on the sheer amount of things we have now with characters, even if they're not main characters, it's like it's all good and this is equally important so i'm really glad we're here i just like wanted to keep going forever until everything's gay everything <laughs> everything's gay yeah. that, that's we're really our agenda, agenda. Right? Yeah. that's our that's the true gay, gay agenda, agenda. <laughs> yeah I, I love that michelle that's definitely something i wanted to talk about like and i want to frame it like this last year uh rebecca sugar i think talked a lot in the uh, once uh they had the ruby sapphire kiss about like you know, like you break like the ce- she had to like break the ceiling on this for her show, and then it's like because they had to get past this barrier of like oh we don't want other countries, we don't like on advertisers or pushback or something, and like once it happened, it's like oh okay we can just do whatever. Everything's and, gay now, right? So and and you know and I don't like it wasn't super reflected this year in Steven Universe, but in general it's like uh, if this is this is the year after. Steven and uh, Adventure Time, maybe even Voltron, some other shows, like actually bro- broke this barrier that had been holding children's animation in uh, in the U.S. back. And now we're start. This is the, the f- it's it's a small ripple, I think, but we're starting to see the effects in a lot of shows. Like it's much are- larger, yeah. It's a much larger reach this time. There's yeah, and and like even though like uh, personally, I want to see bigger moments, but right. there's just uh, so much stuff. Like it's it's it. I do think this is us starting to see the effects of of it. Um, and yeah, like I think I think it will continue into into the going forward. Now, like I couldn't see, I can't see how it'll it'll like go, revert back. Like I think now that we're past it, it's only just gonna keep going, and and it'll be interesting to see how it keeps going. But like. We're gonna keep moving forward in some ways, and I think that's that's interesting for us to get into here. Um, Sarah, how about you? Like uh, mo- moments that kind of personally stand out to you from the air? Um, I think I need to preface this with I have been an ally like pretty much all my life, just based on the fact that I was in a very accepting household. Like I grew up in like an area where I was not like in the middle of nowhere. Like I just had a chance to. Be... Uh, I- I've been. I've been like. I, I, I knew that part of myself for a long time and I've only been queer essentially or known I'm queer for like a year. So like my opinions are a little colored by that. I've been had like this huge history of watching shows from that angle, essentially. Like I've always loved when there's stuff in there, but it's just, I love how gay this year is. There's a lot of gay stuff, but it's still frustrating looking at this year and saying, I can't see myself in any of these shows and I can't see my husband in any of these shows and that sucks and I think that it's I am really happy that there's all this gay stuff it's just like there's this big line between LGBT and T and like it's because they're really different things and they're grouped together because they're generally together but they're just so different and so such different narratives about identity and that it it makes it 
hard for me to be very excited about this year, but that's just because I think that I'm looking at a lot of stuff with fresh eyes in a lot of ways. So it's difficult for me to give a completely unbiased, unlike equivocal, like, like this year was great type thing, just because I only have a year essentially to look back on. Yeah. And I think, think should I give like specific shows? Am I supposed to do that now? I'm sorry. No, I mean, (laughs) well, I think you were like, there wasn't anything. So how do you like give specific? Like, like like, that's the problem. Like the thing is like, I, Loved all the gay stuff everyone mentioned. I knew about it. I watched it. But, like, there were non-binary things. And it's crazy for me to say this. The best representation this entire year, for me, like, from someone like me, was the stuff from Genlock. That is shocking to me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely shocking. Because the fact of the matter is, most of the gender non-conforming stuff that happened in the shows was stuff that involved people that weren't transitioning in any active way and that is fine like those people are valid those people exist and those people are real and they deserve like representation but the fact of the matter is the thing that really gets a lot of people up in arms is the idea that kids shouldn't take certain types of medicine shouldn't get the medical necessary stuff they need to feel good about themselves to feel happy and that stuff's just very not seen in tv not seen the animation except for Genlock for some reason and that meant a lot to me to say to have this active thing said that like I've actually transitioned multiple times like this we have the technology in this year for me to just change my body when I feel like it and that's awesome like that's awesome for me to see but there's still no like we're not at the point where we can just have a trans character and not say anything because I think like, if I was 10 and I had someone on TV, like, actually explain what trans is, like, I would have realized who I am a long time ago and actually gone through and shown that someone could change their body the way they want it. Because, unfortunately, that is a huge part of why I'm transitioning. It's not just because I want people to call me a girl. I want to look in the mirror and see someone that looks like me. And there isn't a lot of representation for that. And so that's why I'm, like, going to be a little bit – it's going to be difficult for me to talk around all your excited talkings because, like, at the same time, I'm very frustrated and it's hard for me to pair that with all the things happening this year. Yeah, and the absolutely valid. Like, like you said, like where where are the trans characters in any of these yeah. shows, right? Like, uh, and it's interesting. Like that the headline I feel like is oh, a lot of shows had non-binary characters, but there's also not really trans characters here. Um, it, yeah, like I mean, that's it's probably like complicated to get into that. Like, because here's the thing, non-binary characters, again, are very valid, and they're very real, and like, or non-binary people, I mean, not characters, but the thing is, like, a lot of non-binary people, I know a lot of friends I have, don't consider themselves trans, because either A, they're not going through um, transition, they're just changing their presentation, they're just talking to people and saying, I prefer they, them pronouns, or, and that's valid, that's real, and that's, like, something that people do, but there are other people who do transition, and they still don't consider themselves trans, because it's just a very different thing they're not aiming to be a certain thing like there's a lot of complex stuff with gender non-conforming characters and uh, people and characters i mean and specifically people that feel like they're trapped in their body people feel like they're not the person they were assigned incorrectly at birth and they need to change their body that type of stuff isn't here because we have violet from young justice who says they're non-binary but she doesn't do any actively active things transition or present differently Mm -hmm. at all like that's frustrating that's not that's frustrating no one acknowledges it i don't want to like again i want to be clear like this 
this is a valid thing to be. It just takes away from the fact that like this can be more. This is usually more. And it's frustrating that it's just I don't think I'm fully a girl. And then that's the end of discussion. Like that's never the end of discussion or the end of her journey. And there's a lot of examples like that this year where you have a character whose model fully matches one of the two gender models they have in their system. And they're, they just say, this person is not, they're they, them. And that's it. And it's, that's not really representation because it's just so, it's so obviously like they just, there's there's not a real step there to explain what's going on with that person and it's very frustrating yeah i think i'm just uh, looping around sorry no i i like i i think probably a big reason you're we're seeing a lot of non-binary rap uh, but not necessarily trans rap is that um it's easier to get past the the censors just calling a character they like as great as double trouble is in shira we don't get into their identity at all. Like it's just <laughs> here's a character we call them. They they to DreamWorks credit they highlighted it a lot in the press, which I do think is kind of important. Um, but uh, there there this is like a bit, and this is a th- another thing I thought of a lot. There's there's really no depth to most of these presentations with no. non-binary characters. Honestly, also the gay characters too. Like there's we're not getting to the we have like like very base level presentations of some people. Um, but we don't get into like what this means for the, for them and their identity. Maybe, yeah, you're right. Maybe Jen Locke is one of the most notable exceptions. Because we go into it, we talk yeah. about it. It's an important part of who she is, or who they are. Like it's hard to talk about their their um, identity because during the show, their pronouns change. They adapt as the show goes on, and it's difficult for me to be like. Jen Locke is the best of the year because the thing is, like, this <laughs> yeah. was just, like, this is just a very basic beginning of discussion type thing. Like, and I'm not trying to take away from it because Val is a great character, but it's just, like, they are not the folks of the show. And their story is – I'm sorry. I'm just rambling now, Dylan. I'm sorry. No, no. I, I mean, I think – I think we'll get to it as we get to other stuff in the year. Like yeah, we, we can continue it. to talk about it. But yeah, I, yeah. Absolutely, I absolutely agree with everything you're saying. And I think that's really important to talk about. Um, and yeah, per, I mean, personally, like there's a lot of exciting stuff here. But um, from the perspective of like we don't get in depth with anything, like uh, any any sort of rep, like that's what's disappointing to me. Like also there's no like huge moments. I will um, say that was also last year. Like we – none of this – none of our representation – because unless we have the closest we get is Steven Universe, unless the show is about being gay or being queer, we don't get that sort of rap. Yeah, and honestly, Steven doesn't get into it that much either. Exactly. Like, like we're and... lucky. The closest thing we get is fusion, and that's only occasionally. Yeah. Um... And we're, I mean, we're lucky if we get lip service. And that's, I mean, that's what all this rep is. So I think that's really, that's, this is a greater problem with, you know, queer media. Yeah, and I, I do think this is an element of censorship. Like, uh, it's one thing to get a base level presentation through; it's another thing to get like an entire arc and stuff through. Um, right. And so, I because I'm like, still I have yet to we haven't really gotten a coming out yes. story in yep. animation. Like, that's not a yep. thing that hasn't happened. And you know, I like I agree with all of this. Like, this is it, it doesn't happen. So, I mean, I we unfortunately we have to be happy with lip service for now. Yeah. Um, I do think it's interesting that Sarah is pointing out like there there seems to be even within like queer representation a hierarchy of like what's you know what do we start with and then how how say straight executives understand all this it's like it's through that funnel 
So if they're more comfortable with the idea of like, okay, like two boys like each other, I guess that's fine. Versus like a non-binary person. Well, I don't really, okay. And then getting to trans, like it is, it is unfair and frustrating. And I think Sarah's made that pretty clear that like there there is this weird hierarchy that kind of exists in terms of funneling things yeah. that make more sense to you if you are already queer in some way than if you're not. Um, but like it is all having to be funneled, I think primarily for a straight cis audience, even though like I think a, a huge part of the goal for a lot of these teams making these shows is for actual queer non-cis kids to identify with people right. who look like them and act like them and have experiences that they have. And that's Unfortunately, like- Unfortunately, you gotta get them both. You gotta get them both. And that's the thing, I feel like there's more interest in appealing like, what's gonna make sense to like our average straight cis demographic than like the actual, I mean, it's important that they understand it too, but I think like the, the queer kids are also very in need of just the stuff in general, regardless of how well higher up people understand these things themselves. You know, like it needs to be made. Yeah, I think and I think it reflects our society, what we're seeing to a large extent, you know, like uh, we, we've been moving towards more general acceptance of male, male and we female, legalized female representation, gay marriage, right? like, like, um, but like trans people are under fire in a way yeah. that, that the honest gay people are not right now. And I think that that's coming through and not having that rep there. I want to say this and say that like everybody like has struggles. Everyone has that. But I just want to explain like the reason this needs to happen is because I went through puberty. That sucked. And that's a permanent thing that happened to me and Cade. And if I could have found out earlier that that happened, but my body has been irrevocably changed. And if I could have found out, I would be a completely, literally completely different person today. And I want that for people like me who are growing up in the future. And that, it just sucks that there's these kids that are being told they can't be this and they're literally going through these things that they're, that are hurting them or going to hurt them and they don't even know about it. Yeah. Yeah. So you're saying it it, practically, it is especially important for trans kids to see, to see rep earlier in life. So that it'd be much easier for them to transition. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think in general, there's some, this importance of like this getting through to kids and, um, whatever rep type is, is not, is not getting through, but, um yeah and we'll, so we'll, we'll get more in depth in this i think like i mean you know we're already pretty pretty far in but like as we as we go through the shows um and uh like while stuff is like what what is breaking through what's what's not um i don't know i, I guess quickly stuff st- stuff that particularly stood out to me that we haven't talked about um like i don't know i'm pretty like analytical with most things but sometimes things really touch me and uh yeah I think um, Star Butterfly this year, who's a character I just really love and connect with a lot. Um, just seeing her presented as bisexual, even in a minor way, um, was like pretty incredible. Um, and uh, it, like, it's really just like one, I don't know, one and a half episodes. Um, but uh, like, what what they got in, I think, was was really meaningful. Um, and then another thing was uh, in. I think Craig of the Creek in a lot of ways is a show I really connect with and it's not like mm-hmm. super explicit, but the Honeysuckle Rangers, um, the presentation yeah! of them 
Oh, uh, they're so good. I'm getting I caught agree. up on that show. I'm excited. Oh, yeah. yeah I've always yeah. said that's been that's real. It's like really, really impactful for me, and just seeing. Um, kind of like young uh boys like i think that's that's like pretty unique uh thing among all these shows like young boys uh having feelings um so i think that was really wonderful and well okay so we'll get into this let's let's start going through and and of course bring up anything we talked about at any time um as we go through here we talked about a lot already but with steven universe um yeah, like last year we had the the big uh, R- R- Ruby and Sapphire arc and their wedding and their kiss. This year we have more small moments. I think um, most notably for me would be like this week uh, we got yeah uh, we got uh, Shep uh, Sadie's uh, new partner in Little Graduation who's presented as non-binary at least using they them pronouns um, and a lot of people are loving Shep already. Um, well, the whole time I was like, Stephen, be nice. Shep's cool. Yeah. yeah, even though they're really new to everything, they're very well, no, insightful. I was, like, I was like, just based off the character design, I was like, "Shep's really cold. Don't be mean, Shep." <laughs> I, I think this was good representation for non-binary people. For what? For what? For, for everything I just said, that wasn't good. Like this is this is good representation because we say they them, and we're very clear about that. Yeah. And we say partner for them. Like that's really good. I mm-hmm. really like this. Yeah, I think I think it was like surface level, but like as good as surface level in one episode yeah. as you can do. Like, exactly. I think this is like it was pretty good. Um, and then the other things would be uh, I think like just following up on Garnet being a, a gay per, a gay like per creature like what like a, a, gay. Like, gay. <laughs> like a manifestation right, of gay, gay. like uh, the song "Isn't It Love" in the movie, one of my favorite parts. I think it's that's, the best. Uh, yeah, and then so and then also I think she's recapping her arc and happily ever after. I think those would probably be the the big the garnet is gay moments in the movie um and then the like background characters of the heaven and earth beetles in steven universe yes, um, I smoked they're it. so gay for no there's, reason I they're the it. tiniest gay <laughs> i've ever had it's great they're so gay for no reason. well yeah there's they just, they're just they, have, they have nothing to do with the with anything right? i know i there. love yeah. them like there's absolutely <laughs> no reason for us to keep seeing the heaven and earth beetles be gay and i love it like it's great yeah. Um, I would like to see Steven Universe future be a lot gayer. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I like it's it's like part joking, but it's, I think like I'm like like we broke through the ceiling. Like I think we should uh, do. I mean, it's, it's I'm not sure if there's censorship involved or if it's like um, plot considerations or something. Like, how are you not um, just letting Rebecca Sugar do whatever? Like, <laughs> yeah, like whatever. She's literally come so whatever. far. She can do literally it, whatever she wants. And, and I think it might be coming. You know, I think we have. We're probably not halfway even done with with future yet, so we'll we'll, we'll see next year and come back to Steven Universe. Um, Sheer on the Princess of Power. Um, so this was a, a big um, okay, so, everywhere, uh, everywhere. It's like we, we listen to last last uh, year's podcast for kind of a debate on like how good or bad Shira's rep is because like everyone's coded as gay but not explicitly presented as gay. This year continues that. But we get some minor or secondary characters who are explicitly presented the Roman as queer. Missouri. Um You got like so, three chunks of people that are deaf gay, yeah. On, on its own, that's great. <laughs> um, it's still not my major, it's still not main characters, I would say. Right. But also, uh, like, abs- I, I mean, we're trending towards, like, uh, a main character kiss, I assume, in the last season. Um, we'd have to. Scorpio help. kisses Catra. Scorpio kisses catch or somebody. Or I don't someone know. better, I maybe. I, I want her to have a real champion. My fiance is listening very intently now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think most people are thinking Catra and Adora at the end of the show. Um, uh, you know, she is. I'm not. 
I mean, know. maybe Glimmer and Adora, who knows? Glimmer! I think I think we're still t- trending to catch Doricus, but I don't no, know. it's gonna be um, Glimtra. We're all gonna be like, what? Yeah, what if it's just a three three person kiss? That um, that would I'm okay break, that. breaking cool. ground. Um, okay, so I think for me the biggest thing this year was Double Trouble. We talked about them. Um, the non-binary character uses they them pronouns. Also, um, do you follow the sector on Twitter because they are the greatest human on earth? Just so you know. Yeah, they make good tweets. <laughs> That's good. Uh, I see yeah. every single one of them. I'm like, yes. yeah. Yeah, and it should be noted, voiced by a non-binary person, and so yes. was Shep. Um, yeah, yeah, which is yeah, good. Which is yeah, the rep that actually but, matters is that. Yes. Yes. Well, like uh, that is great, but also the problem with I'm sorry to keep forgetting the problems with it, <laughs> but like my problem with this one is that she is that they um that they are um a shapeshifter, like a non-human thing, a non like they are capable of sh- expressing their gender in a way we are not as humans and that is again frustrating <laughs> yeah it's interesting i mean this could be all another discussion i think there's maybe a fine line between what you said of like uh and the same thing with steven universe it's aliens you know and uh, yeah and and but also like the uh, uh magic affirming like element of it too like uh, yeah. that we've talked about sarah like i think um you could maybe see it slightly as that too but generally i i i agree with the point it- about double trouble like, yeah, like, it's like I, an entry level, which is annoying, but here's the I thing. have to hope it's going to get better. Yeah. I love, like, magically affirming, like, gender identity stuff. Like, that is fantastic. Like, let's do more of that. But there is... This is more just, like, a way to get across... Like, the censors are like, oh, this person can be whatever because they're not human or whatever. They're not real or whatever. They're 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 not someone you could walk, see on the street. Like that's okay, and that's what's frustrating about it. Yeah, I think, and we've talked about this a lot. I think there's still a big barrier to break through with human characters being presented as right. queer. That's um, why yes. Shep is so exciting. Yeah, Shep is great. I yeah. the only point I want to bring up is like obviously I agree that it's problematic in representation. Granted, this is a whole other thing with Shiro. All the animal characters are evil. Scorpius not evil. Correct. I agree with you. <laughs> Have we ever talked about all the animal characters being evil? That's like a random, interesting observation. Well, I mean, I'm literally. Well, I was thinking. Well, my, <laughs> well, well, the my butterfly is, people weren't bad. Well, I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying that I agree, but also like there are animal people in Shira. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's built like one of the main characters is an animal person. So, like, that's the only thing that like I agree with you. Yeah, but I, I, it like it's also like that's we have animal people. Catcher's a cat. Like I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. It still stands though. Like same with Steven Universe. Like I would say. Like, yeah, it's built no, in the mythology. I, I, but it's still a thing. Hundred percent think part of the reason, like frankly, like Pearl was able to be just so unabashedly gay from the beginning is because Rebecca in those early days could always make the argument to executives like, look. She's an alien. She's literally a gem. Her body's a light projection. Like she's 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 her own thing. I don't know what they're doing anymore. Yeah. So I feel like there 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 definitely is like a a a more comfort I think right. for people who are already a little uncomfortable with all the queer stuff to be like, well, okay, at least they're not human. Like I guess it's not gonna you know change anyone's mind really. Like it again, it's annoying to have to have these entry level points at all. Because it should just be easy and simple and straightforward the way it feels in my brain. 
but I I hope I like it's like Chef gives me hope. The fact that it's just popping up in so many different more places gives me hope. But like I, I agree, it is like annoying that it keeps having to be like, well, they're not quite human though. They're not quite normal, and that somehow makes it safer. It yeah. shouldn't have to be safe, but it's it's, it's a level of othering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, I think this is a continued discussion always with with kind of these shows that we're talking about. Definitely, we'll see if it's. Like, I do, I do want to clarify. I agree that the <laughs> that what like the criticism is warranted, yeah, but I yeah. see it more in other shows than necessarily this show. Just because, like, it's not like Double Trouble is the only weird animal person we see in the show no, that's fair but i will agree that they i think a bigger thing is also they specifically in double troubles presentation make double trouble creepier than than they necessarily yeah. need to be like the the eyes and like because they do a lot of weird eye stuff the ears and yeah they, well, I, well i mean like in the actual animation like how they act like they do like you know the creepy blinks and like the, oh uh, yeah and like their tongue like that stuff i was like there was no reason to do that other than to make me feel weird like don't do that like no yeah, reason I, to do that i guess yeah so defending double trial i think i, I would say double trial is the most no- notable non-binary rep of the year like uh this is a character that's not a one-off character it's not only explored yeah. in this episode like which that was something trouble. i was afraid of when they announced double trouble i was like yeah, oh they're gonna be in one episode and i was like they're, oh, they're, they're, the they're constant throughout the season constantly using they them pronouns um it's like the 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 bad part is like i think this is it's not explored at all or talked about and also i think double trouble's character is not really gotten into um but they are present throughout the season and significant and i do i do think they are sympathetic to the audience and made to be making like audience uh saying points i think that's like like to a certain extent double trouble is like an audience surrogate character at some point and i think that's kind of powerful of them being non-binary too um, and they confront Catra, especially yeah. at the end. Yes. Yeah, definitely. So I think there's like a lot of good, a lot of good done with Double Trouble. And also it's like the most kind of consistent um, queer character that's been presented in the show um, in terms of like number of episodes in a row or something. Um, so, but also, you know, we have other notable characters that pop up maybe sometimes like Bo's dad's. Um, yeah. Season two episode, I think we had a whole episode where they went to visit those dads they come for the coronation don't they i think they're 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 slightly there yeah yeah Um, yes but i think mainly they're just uh presented as a very healthy relationship and uh cute together and stuff yeah and they are very cute and they're very supportive of Bo. yeah they are they're they're supporting him more that he doesn't want to be like a librarian like them and we've talked about this still there is a weirdly like trans-esque storyline happening a little with Bo yeah I don't think it's a little I think it's like I I was gonna say I was gonna say we're probably not gonna get into that much but yeah it's like there's a coming out story with Bo that's clearly a metaphor but also not said what the metaphor is about you're unsure like exactly what's happening yeah Yeah, it's a little ambiguous yeah so in general that episode has queer themes throughout it um but those themes are not really extrapolated upon in a specific way um but yeah, that's just, that's I think that's one of the most significant queer episodes of the year between those dads and the kind of coming out theme to it. Um, you were like, you're coming out, but we don't know why. Coming out <laughs> we're as a fighter, right? Like, or as yeah. Like, yeah. Um, Natasha and Spinarella, who were characters that were presented as together in previous year, are shown more um, explicitly and doing more things in the most recent. And they're season. flirting. It's cute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
and they're married apparently but that didn't get said yeah um but yeah they're they must they're, be older married yeah i think they're definitely older than the, the teens um to be fair like they're still characters. like i don't know how old anybody is so 23 yeah I just it's, it it's nice to have that like and it, in season one it was like these are the only gay characters explicitly and they don't do anything so it's nice to see them doing more yes there, definitely there's other queer characters you know other than that there's some minor things um i think i guess this is also explicit in my mind huntara i think is explicit is kind of explicitly presented as queer because she's, yeah, she's with flirting ladies. with people yeah um uh. I think that's very clear. Also, not really explicit, but like present, but mo- more cl- close to that than the show has been is Adora's crush on Huntara. That's intense. Yeah, yeah. and Adora's also like, just Ooh. Scorpio herself. And like, I okay, the last year when we talked about like it, I feel Delaney and Dylan, you both brought up a very fair point that like, where is the smooching? Like, where is the obvious <laughs> of the main characters? Yeah. And like. I've sat on this for a year trying to think about, like, what I want to say. And this is what I want to say. You ready? I'm ready. So. Michelle's big gay Scorpio speech. Kind of, (laughs) but also, like, more broadly. It is. uh, We've gotten into so many points about, like, the pros and cons of of some queer representation and and where it's clearly lacking in other capacities. Like, there's so much work to do. It is incredibly hard to do it all gracefully when it is a fight no matter what you want to do um and i personally feel like there it it is hard to like do one like getting a smooch and being obviously out and like saying it and showing it beyond deniability versus like having a lot of like non-main characters be very gay but have no internal life and i feel like it shouldn't have to be an either or situation but i think like the thing we might really be missing here when we dunk on Shira's main character queerness is that like if i were a queer writer in a writer's room and i'm seeing all these other shows that are trying to have people in the background like oh a sister or a cousin or something like that's all well and good to normalize it but if i want queer kids to identify with my characters i need to like make that a priority i think there's a big difference between just being like they're gay there you go do you know anything about them no but they're gay and like spending like seasons and seasons building up relationships with characters that you can like personally identify with feel close to and watch their journey progress even if they don't obviously smooch anyone and i feel like that's absolutely where say scorpia is right now she's tried explicitly to ask tara out on dates like the whole like friendship coded as love thing it's pretty obvious what's going on i don't think a lot of kids who were really looking to see themselves are going to miss that. And the fact that Scorpio is somebody who we've seen grow and change is like a huge deal because she's not just like a rando in a background smooching another lady. Like she's someone you can really invest in. She's someone you know her journey and her story. And I think we need all of that. But I think especially that's important. So like, I know we all want to see big gay smooches, but like, I feel like a lot of hard work's honestly, earnestly, genuinely being done for this show. And they're aware of their limitations, but they're also, like, doing their best with what they have. And I think what they're doing is still very significant, even if it's not, like, beyond deniability because you can't point to a smooch yet. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, and certainly we acknowledge that everyone's doing the best they can. That's why I said in the beginning, like when we criticize stuff, a lot of it's on the executives, not on the people making it. But uh, I think that's fantastic, Michelle. What you said, like I think, like well, I that's spent a year, I had a whole year thinking about. It. That's why <laughs> it's really <laughs> it's well planned. articulated. It's but I think what I'm, what I'm hearing is that even if it's just coded, it's the fa- it's main characters, and that's yes. so true. Like uh, it, you can like, understand what they're thinking. You can see how yeah. they interact with each other. You can feel their feelings, and that is so much deeper than just seeing like uh, someone in a background shot. You know what I mean? Like that. That's so much more personal. And Star it needs, Wars. It needs to be personal. <laughs> I'm not coping. <laughs> no, no, yeah, the stars. I totally agree. It's so much more meaningful with main characters. That's why I'm like obsessed with this milestone of like main characters kissing specifically, and not background characters. And we want, um, and we want to see like Dylan also wants them to kiss in the date. Yeah, well, that's yeah, another, I mean, that's a big deal. In a perfect, it is a big deal because I don't want like Cora ended on the kiss, which was yeah, awesome, phenomenal. But it's like, like, but then what happened next? And I can't like, which in we a have perfect comics, world. We would get like deep character investment builds up for seasons and a really good out character who's explicitly queer beyond deniability. But what I'm saying is like if it continues to be this weird struggle of an either or between like you can be gay and obvious, but you're not going to have any internal life and you're not going to be a main character or you can be a main character and have a vastly interesting, like empathizable interior life, but you might not smooch. I feel like that's still incredibly important. And I would prefer that to just like no internal life queer well, person in corner. Well, it still needs to be explicit, which I think that's, I mean, that's yeah, that's the issue because like, yeah, you can have background characters who are explicitly gay, but they don't do anything. But like, I want Scorpio, like, I'm not saying they have to like kiss, but like, Am I like Scorpius gay? Yes. Do I think other people think Scorpius gay? Not necessarily. So like, that's that, I think that's the issue is the you can be because it's not like like if I wanted to watch something that was just about being gay, I wouldn't watch like I don't. That's not the kind of stuff I like to watch. Like I yeah. want to watch these this big fantasy adventure, but then someone be gay. <laughs> like that's what I want. So I think that's the thing. Like. I think we're getting there. I really do. Yeah. And that's like and, what I'm And it can like, be part of the character's journey. Like that's fine. Like that's a whole narrative issue. That doesn't that doesn't matter. Like cool. If at the end of the journey they're like, "Hmm, that's cool." I don't care. But, and that's like the big thing I'm drawing from this year. It's like this whole year it feels like everything I've seen like in animation has been about like identity, but it doesn't extend to queerness ever. It never extends to like to like things beyond like who they are like, like they go into these quote-unquote deep things about the people they want to be the people they they think they are but it never extends to like these real life allegories towards exactly. like gender and, and sexuality and it just feels like really hollow when we see these characters and it's just like so this person who's changing their entire life it's crazier for them to think about do i like girls than it is for them to think wow i want to upend my entire way of life like it's it's kind of crazy to me yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think I think Michelle's point in general of like uh, seeing the internal journey of a character, even if they're not kissing someone, versus seeing like some rando kissing someone, is is maybe more powerful. I think that's like really good point, and I think Shira is the show that taps into it the most. Yeah. I yeah. also agree that it, like should get more specifically into identity um, t- for sure. But like, yeah, it's. I mean, and to like, I, I hope 
kids watching Scorpia understand she's gay for Catra. I'm, you know, I, I don't know, but <laughs> I hope try so. Try asking her up. Like, like what I meant, like what I meant was like you can have like have the character be explicitly gay. Maybe they don't have to make out with people, but like you know they're gay. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, definitely. But also, I think what Michelle's saying is like this is important on its own. Maybe yes. even more important yes, than a lot of yes, the stuff yes. we're talking about. She's and, like, just for example, yeah. it's like Scorpia's in love with Catra. Catra's not in a place to date her. It takes Scorpia four seasons to to have enough like to to trust herself enough and have enough respect for herself to walk away from something, even if she loves that person. And little gay kids need to be able to know, like, what a healthy gay relationship is. And just because they love someone who might also be gay, it doesn't mean they're that person for them. Like, so many kids can see that in straight media. Like, a lot more now. Just, like, the the difficulties and minutia of navigating relationships as a person. And that's why gay kids need that, too. And so, like, again, like, seeing Scorpion navigate, that's so validating because it's like, yes, like... There's somebody who's like me and they, you know, this might not be the one, but there's going to be more girls out there and that's okay. And like, good job. Like it's treated as very triumphant, like Scorpio walking away from that. She's found a whole bunch of new friends. Like it's teaching kids there are other support systems out there, like new ones that they can find and to have hope. Well, I think and there's like, just a lack of representation of good relationships, period. Yeah, yeah. but I think if there is period, that means there's even less for, like, anyone yeah, queer. Exactly. So, like, that, that's just so needed. And I'm just, like, so glad that this is at all being done so intently. And I want to see more of it. But I just, like, I don't want to take away from, like, what a big deal that feels like, like, period, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I think Michelle's making a lot of sense to me. And I do think it's, like, a genuine arc of Scorpio's feelings for a woman like that's this year there's like and that's pretty unique among any that's like that that's a genuine even if it's in cagey terms like it's that's like a genuine emotional arc that's presented and yeah I do think people are going to connect with that and I will say relative to last year as like maybe harsher on the show I think this year they did it's still coded and stuff but like it's it's a lot more stepped up like I think like the Scorpio attempts to ask Catra out that's like very clear what she's doing in one episode and I do think Adora's crush on Antara is like very clear so I think um the show has like been a lot better, building and a lot better with it, but also on its own, it's valid. Like I think that's a great point. Um, also, we no, no, we don't need to wait a year next time to talk about it, Michelle. We can we can get into it whenever. <laughs> so let's <laughs> bring it up and like yeah, like I, I do want to, next year. I do want to do more of these this type of podcast and small like specific increments or stuff like uh, throughout. And not, we don't need to save it for this. So um, hopefully, and hopefully we have stuff to talk big stuff to talk about with sheer ending. Like maybe we will get that big kiss or maybe we will see these arcs culminated in interesting ways um yeah i mean uh shira has the most bullet points on my outline for uh for things that happen so i do think it maybe wins the award for uh quantity of gayest things this year the like, most that's, that's pretty, yeah that's pretty important okay here's another big uh show we're hitting the big ones uh early uh okay ko ended this year and um had at least one huge moment. Uh, I mean, Michelle is going to have to talk about this. I did watch the Enid and Red Action Kiss episode, oh, and so it's really beach. good. Yeah, very cute. This is one of the few main main character on screen kisses. Uh, the first I think we've talked about. Um, so that's very important on its own. Um, yeah, Michelle, uh, more about that. And then you mentioned Venomous and Boxman getting married, and Nick and Joff, who are minor, very background yes. characters ish. But yeah. 
having a wedding. It's a lot. It's all so good. I think, like, the thing about OKKO especially is that they never, the crew never pretended anyone was anything but, like, super gay or queer the whole time. So when they started getting married and kissing each other, it was just like, hooray, yes! We already knew for so long, but now it's undeniable. Again, like it's that we get to the undeniability factor, which I think is a lot of what we're still like wanting from these shows. But also, we we get us like Enid and Red. I think especially like their relationships put in the forefront in quite a few of their episodes together. And even though they don't explicitly talk about their identity, their relationship and, and wanting to make sacrifices for each other and deciding to put their relationship first in a lot of ways, I think is very validating to see. And the fact that like, you know, Boxman is just so attracted to Venomous the second he sees him and he keeps being aggressively attracted to him the whole time. And Venomous comes around by like the the kind of clunky but like endearing genius of Boxman. And it's just so good. And the fact that those are, like, paired, like, you got good guys and bad guys that are, like, in love. And that's just so, it just feels so all-encompassing that, like, so many people are gay at the same time on the same show. I think that's a really good way to normalize it, honestly. And, like, weddings are always good, so we get to see a wedding (laughs) take place. We get to see the marriage rings, and we get to see, like, Venomous and Boxman, like, grow older and, like, happy into this older chapter of their gay life together. And it's just like the combination of all that is just deeply satisfying on a level I like didn't know I could have in 2019. But I love it. And it's just really good. And I just love Boxman so much. So that's not because he's, you know, queer, but he's great. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, awesome stuff. Yeah, I, I think yeah, yeah, the awesome with the Voxman stuff. I think the Enid interaction kiss is like one of the biggest uh, talked about moments of the year for sure. It's just so happy and sweet and just like a chill date that they're on and they like each other, so they kissed each other. And I yeah. feel like that's that's good too because that's like a nice subtle. Like sometimes it's nice for it to be kind of bombastic. Like I feel like. Korra and Asami was a little bombastic and like bubbling was a bit bombastic in its way but it's nice to have just those gentle comforting like everyday tender stuff too you know like that's equally nice to see so I kind of like it for that reason also yeah it's a good point the three kisses I talked about last year all kind of these dramatic moments in these dramatic plot episodes um and or I guess the yeah, the wedding yeah i mean I don't know. it's a plot point at least like th- this is like very chill very like end of very a chill, chill episode yeah yeah uh, it is really nice uh and i'm glad it's it's getting recognition elsewhere um okay um from very positive show to a very oh, no. <laughs> question uh sarah young justice outsiders actually was one of the gayest shows this year yeah um, yeah I don't yeah so we, we talked about violet being non-binary a little bit already i think just the summary of that is they have an episode where violet like comes out as non-binary, but they don't really get into it all or don't handle it very well. Okay. An, atten- an, attempt, was, an attempt was made. They, they say she's... So for people who don't know, what happens is Violet is a reanimated corpse, essentially, with the Whoa. mind machine. Uh, 
That Violet has an AI inside, inside her, and that's her personality. Like, the discovers. AI is actually her brain. Like she yeah. does not have the personality of the corpse that she previously was, essentially. And I'm saying <laughs> she here because the show doesn't move on to say like whether she has different pronouns, even. And yeah. people in the show refer to her as she, her, as, as she. a woman. Yeah, which, and, which is which is of course valid, but it would yeah. be nice to hear her say that. Like I prefer yeah. she pronouns still. Yeah, or or like someone asks, "Do you want to go by they them?" Like anything like that. But no, the show just ignores it. She just says at one point, "It doesn't feel like I'm fully a woman," or something to that to that like level. And then yeah. we never get more than that ever. And we have villains and heroes both referring to her as a woman, and no one ever questions that, which also feels kind of icky. Um, and it's just kind of. It's just weird, like a lot of it. Yes. Uh, it, it's just not, weird, Dylan. That's, that's probably the best way to put it. Yeah, an attempt was made. On the other hand, a very po- like sh- out of nowhere, we get this extremely positive rep at the end of the season. Yeah. With Where did this Cal- come from, Dylan? <laughs> uh, former main character, Calder, um, yep. Aqua Lad, Aquaman. Um, we, present- we meet his boyfriend, Wind, um, and. Uh, we have an episode where I think they just kiss and like that's it. And it's like, oh, Calder hadn't been this season. That's, I guess that's it. But then next episode, they followed up in their main characters in the episode and they go on like uh, they're part of the plot and uh, we see them interacting and being cute. And uh, I think this is one of the best uh, rep, rep of the year. Did like, they kill uh, Cal- one of them? No. Uh, no, but not, not, neither die. And like Calder's a character a lot of people are attached and, to from and the first two seasons. And, Dylan, we yeah. were upset about it too. I thought like, I read something that somebody died, but okay. Well, like, oh, Vi- Violet dies all the time, but that's well, yeah, yeah. Story. Someone dies all and the time, and then comes she comes back AI to life. <laughs> dies all the time. But the problem with this was that like the first kiss happens in an episode by itself, and we were like, "This is all we're gonna get." And then the next yeah. episode, literally right after that, is like just oldly gay and nothing else. It was amazing. Like I do love this such a... <laughs> Yeah, and he's gay. It's great. It's, it's great. this is such a. I mean, or by the show doesn't get into that. Uh, this this is such a uh, polarizing season of Young Justice. Well, because... I mean, he's he's also a character of color, so this is like yes, a big. This is like a big deal, also for like very no, one. It's hard to get gay characters. It's also get hard to have characters of color be gay, be gay. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and it should be noted, Violet's like uh, hijabi wearing, uh, yeah, like, non-binary a hijabi. They also never mentioned that corpse, and and also Violet kisses a woman in an episode. For, <laughs> for episode. context, for context, I have only seen in its entirety the first season of Young Justice, so I know who the old well, characters a new character, are. Yeah, uh, and then and Violet, and then Violet kisses Harper, and it's like in a very negative context, not like. Yep. Just, just oh. like it's like oh they like uh, well no Dylan just, that happened first that happened that that was the first kiss and we're like oh this <laughs> Young Justice is doing bad rep and then it did good rep but um I I guess I'm of the opinion I would prefer that they took a swing with Violet being non-binary and kissing Harper and missed than have not done that well yeah and then they do something actually good at the end I I think summary a part of it that's bad because like they never talk about like the the complex like uh gender stuff that is like is harper like like the gayness of this because one of them's non-binary like that is a complicated gender discussion at that point but of course they're not going to go into that and that's okay but we don't even touch on it not even close yeah yeah i, I will say the there is a new next season of the show and i think it's very possible they get into more identity stuff with violet 
Which or is- Violet's just gone because there's too many characters. Yeah, I mean, really, who knows what they'll talk yeah, about. Yeah, who knows, Dylan? Yeah, in summary, Young Justice had actual stuff, gay stuff happening. Yeah. Go, go watch the season. It's uh, potentially very frustrating. Should I get caught but- up on Young Justice? Yes. Sure. Look, I, uh, <laughs> if you want to, this season of Young Justice, Beatrice, like, hated it and dropped it. I, like, loved it and ranking it number three of the year. Like, I like very, okay. <laughs> very I, I uh, differing opinions. Uh, yeah, it was okay. Strange, though. Calder There's Wonder and- Woman in it. Uh, yeah, like, yes, yeah. I think minorly or something. Yeah, less interested. Every I've, no, she's she's definitely in it. Everyone's in it, but uh, not, a lot. not like, a lot. There are literally two thousand characters in this show. Yeah. Oh, okay. No. Okay. Anyway. Okay. Let's let's speed up a little. So, Craig of the Creek. Uh, <laughs> Craig of the Creek. Recently, uh, we had the 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 most obvious gay characters in the show are the witches, who are these I guess like teenage girls that are goths or something. And, yes. Uh, and they kissed. They kissed in, in this episode. We haven't even done a podcast on it yet. The Haunted Dollhouse. Um, and it's on screen. That. Yeah, we will. Uh, probably this January. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, the, I don't know. It's the, the, They kissed. It was great. It they was kissed. It was great. That's yeah. the headline. They kissed. It was great. I think, yeah, it's the third. I, don't, I guess they're not a main character, but I think they're like significant enough. But this, this is, is like very a, soon in the show for a kiss compared to everyone else. And I think that, that's pretty great on its own. Yeah, that's true. This isn't like a last season thing. I, I feel like this is, a, this is a big trickle down from Steven Universe. Like, yes. I don't think they're kissing unless the wedding happens last year. Um, I think that's that's pretty wonderful. Although production schedules, IDK, how that works. But um, yeah, I mentioned Nani Sackle Rangers as well. That's like less explicit, but like clearly feelings. And then um, also Craig is a cousin, Jasmine, who mentions having a girlfriend. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Craig, also a, a gay show. It'd be nice if it was even gayer, but we're good. We're good, too. I'm getting with... caught up. Wait, Craig is have a girlfriend. Like, maybe, like, who knows? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. He is I mean, also Ke- a little oh, boy. Oh, also, uh, so, like, Ke- no Kelsey, and, uh, Kelsey and Stax um, yeah, had an episode Stax. where it's like Im- Im- they had blushing and stuff at each other. Yeah, I don't think it's like presented as romance, but it's like adjacent romance. Wait, adjacent. wait, wait. Are you saying, are you saying that? Romance adjacent. Wait, are you saying they're that, like little kids? Are you saying oh, that Night Girl? Little. Are you saying that Night Girl might like girls? Night Girl? Who? Yeah, she pretends she thinks she's a warrior. Uh, oh, oh Night, yeah, no. Kelsey. Uh, yeah, well, she definitely likes girls. Oh, wait, also, Night also, also she Kelsey. has a crush on uh, Wildernessa. That's this yeah, year no, she, too. That also happens. She's she's she's. She's Four definitely episodes, a crush on Walter. And so. I can't figure out if it's Kelsey or Chelsea, so it's been very it's confusing. Kel- it's, Kel- yeah. it's Kelsey. Kelsey. Yeah, yeah okay. no, she's, she's definitely gay. So, uh, yeah. Okay. She's so my I favorite forgot about character. I would say, yeah, oh, she's the best. I think the Kelsey crush on Walter Nessa is similar to the Adora crush on Antara. I think Just like, it's like energy. half admiration, half like, you're yeah. amazing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's yes, my way there. So. I think that was this year. Okay, so there's a lot of stuff on Craig. Cool. Um, Star vs. Force Evil, I mentioned um, Star being presented as bisexual in the episode Ransom Graham, um, and then uh, in Gone Baby Gone, she like gets devastated that uh, this this uh, buff lady doesn't remember who she is. She was and, devastated. Um, it's, it's wonderful. I would have loved if we got into this more with her, but... Um, it was just really amazing on its own. Uh, also, we have this character Jackie, uh, who comes back they this year and is like with a girlfriend. It's kind <laughs> yes! of and then they, they bring her back. It's like energy move. I'm back from France and I have, have a girlfriend. girlfriend. It was amazing, yeah. and there and she's like super cool. Like it's great. Yeah, so uh, Star had basically no gain it before its last right. year, and then had a fair amount. So that's cool. Yeah, it was um, something. 
Typical, a, but uh, is there anything you want to talk about? With no, Star? I don't want to talk. I don't okay. want to talk about okay. trans Marco stuff. Like that's like theory stuff about like censorship, and I don't want to talk about it. Unfortunately, a lot of is is theory stuff with. Uh, but yeah, um, I'll just say there's what... a lot of evidence and a lot of things that the staff yeah. has said that they move towards making Marco trans, and a lot of I will say that I've looked at a lot of the evidence. It is very overwhelming. That he does a lot of things I did when I was younger. He did a lot of things that a lot of trans people did when they were younger. And it's frustrating that they came that close in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. Uh, Star Wars vs. Evil Future, where we explore that. Among other things. <laughs> yes! <laughs> How about that? Uh, yeah. I don't know. Okay. Uh, rip, rip Star. Uh, Genlock, we've talked about it a lot, Sarah. But any other comments on Val? Um, I just want to say this whole show is just, I related to it so much because the whole show is just about identity and how, like, the last episode, like, the main thesis is just that, not that this spoils the show, it's just that, I'm not going to spoil it, it's just that it's a lot about, like, how the person you are today, are you the same person tomorrow, and a lot of about change, and a lot about its growth, and that's really hard for me, like, am I the same person I was a year ago? Well, no, but I'm also the same person, nothing's changed, and that's, I think an important thing to talk about and Val is like kind of the embodiment of that idea and I really love her and I really love what they went into in this show with her. Yeah. Um, the whole show is about identity in a way which I've not seen explored as yeah. incredibly as Genlock does it. Exactly. And it also get it genuinely gets into uh, queer identity in the yes. episode The Only Me I Know, um, yep. which is fantastic. Well, and I do I, think they sprinkle it through. Like I, well, yeah, I, I identify as gender nonconforming. Now, I do use she, her pronouns, but I do identify as gender. That's valid. Well, I'm just saying, like, I'm just saying, like, for me, like, I really, like, Val's character was something that was, like, I, to watch a Rooster Teeth show, like, I just started Genlock, and so, like, I just started it, and then I had forgot Macy Williams was in it, and I got hyped. And then, so I watched it, and I was like, holy, like, this show is amazing. And not only is it visually amazing, but the... I mean, the rep, I was not ready for it. And then the legitimate conversation they had about it. And that was really like, especially, so first they go, you know, they go into the game sphere, whatever they called it. Like the they were on like, you're like, whatever it was called. Like they're little like, oh, we're online now. And so he's like, cop is it Kabu? Is that his name? Uh, Kazu? Oops. I watched it all at once and then I was like, oh, Kazu. He, um, you know, he's like, oh, you play as a guy? And as someone who plays as a guy, that was, I was like, okay, we're getting somewhere here. And then, you know, that whole, like, everything about that was amazing. And I mean, uh, they even said, oh, think gender fluid. Like, they, they said gender fluid, which. Like, obviously non-binary, we're getting a lot of rep like that this year, but then to actually say gender fluid and then to explain what gender yeah. fluid is, it was incredible. It was a really big deal. And I really, and like, just, I was not anticipating this from this show about robots fighting each other. So that was amazing. And that was the thing, too. Like, you know, at first I was like, it's just this mech show. But it's not a mech show. Like, yeah, they're in giant robots, but like, not really. They are the giant robots. And so, Sorry. No, go ahead. No, and I think the other important part of the Val stuff is that they show uh, his what he sees himself as. Like, right? No, that was himself. yeah. That was that. That was the thing. I think they introduced it first as like they're playing a video game, but then it's like, no, this is how I represent myself. This is who I like. 
and it's it's weird but like not i don't think in a bad way how no. well no i mean like with uh why can i remember any of these characters names because they're all just colors uh but yeah the green one <laughs> uh cammy's character cammy she's my favorite character um cammy she you know we see her she's like i'm a rabbit <laughs> it's like yeah. okay but th- but then later you know this meant a watcher and she makes all of their mechs look like them like make them represent who they are and so i think that was like everything thematically they did in this show i mean it all like you said it all tied into identity and it all tied into like and val's mech tied into their queer identity and it was just like it was amazing like i really enjoyed it a lot and i think it was i it'll be hard i think for shows to and it's unfortunate that it's like behind a paywall because yeah. The show is such great, it's not just great for representation, but it's really hard, I think, to talk an exploration of identity, of queer identity, and then for it to narratively, like, like it's literally the foundation of the show, and it's incredible. Like, they do such yeah. a great job about it, and it's with Max. Like, how do they do this? It's a ma- it's magical. Like, going off what Michelle said about, like, we want, like, the, like Val's thing is important to the story, her character, yes. and his, like, journey through the show. Like, all of that is true, and it's great. Yeah, uh, go watch Genlock. I um, gotta we'll... pick this show back up. <laughs> Dylan, <laughs> we, we Genlock is so good. Dylan, we go back in time and tell our like selves a year ago yeah. from now, like, hey, we're gonna be talking about Genlock being great. It's ridiculous. Uh, it's the <laughs> a biggest surprise of the year. It will be on HBO Max moving forward, so we'll have big visibility. Um, they oh, announced that. Yeah. Uh, Arthur, we talked about it. Uh, so we don't get the <laughs> Mr. Ratburn and the special someone is the episode that Delaney and Michelle were talking about. Um, Rocco's Modern Life had a movie. With oh, a I forgot trans about this. Character. But shit says a oh, lot this about is it. The only one. That, oh, at least there's one that makes me feel slightly better. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I watched it, and the problem is that like the person, the trans stuff here is amazing, and like it's a very, very, very good representation of trans stuff. And I forgot about it existing. And the problem is that the rest of the special is just not really related to it at all. <laughs> like it's just not related to the trans stuff and it's very much confined to like about five minutes of a 45 minute special i think i think that's about right which yeah. is a little frustrating again yeah. but no but she is but she is um tech, i think she is the emotional core of the the the, the special rachel and i don't think there's much more to say than that like if you want to like watch her thing like you can probably watch like her clips are on youtube from uh netflix they put them up or at least the the coming out scene, and that's pretty much the biggest scene she's in, and that's it. And it's a great scene, but that's about it. Like it, it like 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 you said, Michelle. There's like explicitly trans, but there, then there's nothing more than that. Mm-hmm. But okay, I did forget yeah. she exists because the special was <laughs> not that amazing. It was summer. It was a while ago. Yeah, it was okay. Nice though. Ruby not spending a lot of time on this. But still, it's fair game. No, uh, Blake and Yang is the only <laughs> thing I found notable enough. Uh, they we've been waiting for Bumblebee to be canon and uh, explicit, and it is not yet. They're just flirting a lot. To be they fair, are flirting. They did, they did kill a man together. That's yes, like they did. that was that, they was, did really that was this actually that was this year. Yeah, they did. It that was this year. Been, See, this is the thing. This yeah. is what messed up my rankings earlier because I was like, oh wait, season six happened this year. So that very end, yeah. We yeah, they did that and they held hands and then they've been like blushing at each other and stuff. Um I will say so, when they killed a man together, that was extremely gay. 
It was. Yes, that, that's the gayest <laughs> act that you can do. It was extremely gay. Uh, hopefully next year we can talk about this being explicit. Um, and there's, yeah, and there's other stuff that is, Ruby is getting more gay, but is not really there yet, I would say. But uh, it's getting there. <laughs> okay. We're crow and clover. Why do you hate them, Dylan? Okay. Dylan, I'm really, really not talking Michelle. about this an hour and a half into the, Okay, so <laughs> I don't. Played to Michelle with no they're, 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 Look, they're cute together. It's fine. Okay. Uh, okay. It's not their fault that <laughs> they're not their fault. Okay. Dylan okay. also just hates Crow, so like that's like a whole other. Thing. I like no, I like Crow. I hate uh, his semblance. Okay, okay. but Bojack, Bojack, Michelle, they have no, no. Have <laughs> what are the good luck that? magic? What are those bad luck magic? And Dylan hates the idea of that. Oh, that is so. They ask a lot to wrap your head around. Okay, okay. Uh, Bojack Horseman. Um, uh, Todd continues to be like the only asexual character on television, um, and that's depressing. But also, Todd's great, and uh, he. Uh, the, 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 not as much of him being ace stuff this in the eight episodes we got this year, but he references his da- asexual dating app, um, and he does match with another with an asexual woman at the end of the season. So I think that's something that might be explored in the second half, um, and that's that's it's pretty wonderful. Um, other than that, uh, gay character Kelsey Jennings is back, and she has a line about advocating for gay superheroes. Um, and then there's a new character, Doctor Shampoo, mentions having a husband. Um, yep. So minor ish stuff, but pervasive. I think uh, one little the... thing that you didn't mention with Todd is that I like the divide between they showed asexual, but he's still romantic. Like that's those are two separate yes. things you can be that are yeah, valid. Yeah, they talked about it a lot more in the last season. Yeah, um, but it's his... still important. It is important. It's nice because I feel like Todd. We didn't know he was ace till like what the third or fourth season. It yeah. took a while, but I like that. Like they, they've been consistently since that point touching on parts of his experience being ace, in addition to like all his other life stuff, which I feel like is like a good thing to do too. Because he being ace is a big part of him and it needs to be talked about, but also he's a person who has other things going on. I like that. Yeah. Um, Tuca and Birdie has uh, so, some minor rep stuff, specifically in the episode The Jelly Lakes. We meet uh, swimming coach, I think Maple and her wife Pat, and they're yes, in that episode. They're okay so and love. Yeah. And then there's like a very minor thing of main character Tuca. Like there's a flashback seeing her with a woman, um, apparently yeah. the deli guy. Yeah. And, yeah. So, I mean, it's important because the main character. Uh, so, yeah, we rip Tuca and Birdie. Sigh. Rip. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dragon Prince. Um, so the coloring Dragon Prince is that uh, we learned this year that one of the creators oh, is God. a terrible, terrible person. But uh, and also that they're like shooting down rep from queer people in the room. But there is rep that no. makes it in. It's just not like great rep. There's a flashback episode where there's uh, like two gay queens and they do kiss on screen. It is one of the prominent kisses of the year. They then die. Um, of course. There's, uh, it's a, yeah, a flashback. But yeah, we know they're dead, but then they die. And uh, we see the most recent season. We see uh, Runan, who's like a minor character. We met his uh, husband, mm-hmm. and they ki- we see a flashback of them kissing. And you know, but Runan's dead, but not really. But he's dead because the show's not going to come back. So more dead people. Um, and then there's uh, Amaya, the shining beacon of the the show. This is and one then... of my favorite ships of the year because it's so good. It's like they start off on opposite sides, but then they respect each other, and then they grow closer. Hey, hold hands, and yeah. we all know what that means. 
they, they hold they hold hands. That's the big moment. Yeah, they're they're really appealing. Uh, it would have been nice if uh, this show, probably without as many restrictions as a lot of other shows, uh, had them kiss. Uh, I think that's on the creators actually at this for this specific show. Um, but still, people love Amaya and Janai, and they are great. They're so, so great. Yeah, so there you go. There's Dragon Prince. Um, someone with want to talk about Twelve Forever? I, uh, I think Michelle and I both watched that. Uh, I'll yes, talk about it. I'll at least talk about Riley. Riley's representation of their fear of puberty, I really liked. I think that's like what I was talking about earlier. Uh, unfortunately, not a lot of people saw this show, but I think the idea, because something that happens when um, trans people talk about puberty and talk about growing up is that a lot of cis parents, a lot of people unaware of how this works, is they see that fear and they say, oh, I had these same fears when I was growing up, even though they're a, it's a very different thing that's happening than what you had when you were growing up like it's but at the same time you get why it's just such a other thing than you're used to if you don't go through it and this show really showed that riley didn't want to go through puberty but there was more to it than just i don't want to wear bras i don't want to go through have a period like there was a lot to it and i i liked that they went into at least a little bit like we didn't get very deep because this show is also canceled but there was at least a little bit of talking about it, at least in the beginning of the season, and I, I liked that. Yeah. Also, there's two buff men in yeah. the Forever Universe who are very in love, and they write each other cute little cards about how much they gay. love each other. And they're like these big, beefy men, which is also like really sweet. Yeah, they're big. They're big. They're masculine, and like they don't yeah. like. I think a lot of pro- like with gay gay relationships they usually like kind of cast them as like one way or the other like they're usually like two halves i think these are just both two big men yeah, who are big, very gay boys and they love each other a lot and yeah and tough i like that and in love yeah i love it too okay nice uh yeah continuing to go quickly through some of these more minor ones uh, my little pony friendship is magic right, cool. uh, so what's going on with this i've not kept up what's happening with my I'll, I'll read what's on my outline i don't watch it uh lyra heartstrings <laughs> and sweetie drops proposed to one another in the season nine episode the big mac question Aww. and in the ser- series finale they're shown as married in a newspaper clipping Thank oh you. that's cute so two background Aww. lady ponies got married Incredible. Needle, needle implied two of the main ones are like uh, coded as gay, but not actually. Which <gasps> ones? It has to be Rainbow Dash. Yeah, it's, I, think, I think Needle said think Rainbow it. Dash and uh, Applejack. <gasps> oh my god! The, the gay that ones. was my ship from college. I'm so happy. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I also I watched the beginning of the show in oh college. Oh my god. Like, like, <laughs> they're married. Ooh. Rip, rip, uh, My Little Pony Friendship's Magic also ended this year. Um, Miraculous Ladybug continues to have Rose and Julica being cute in the background. Super also... cute. They are super cute. <laughs> they are very cute. Also, Mark and Nathaniel are uh, also kind cute of gay, in the background. A little bit. Uh, would be nice to see this explored more explicitly. Like we talked about last year, this is one of the better background depictions you'll see. Um, it's pretty consistent in a lot of episodes, uh, these two couples. Um Love, Death, and Robots. Go listen to our Love, Death, and Robots podcast for more on this. But Son- the first episode, I, I think Sonny's Edge featured a female-female uh, sex scene leading into it being like a honeypot to oh, uh, God, that them mur- murdering each other or something. Um, you know, so if it sounds problematic, it is. Uh, there you <laughs> <go>. <laughs> That's a good quick way. Delaney's not going to watch this. Uh, you don't need to. I, I still think that episode is uh, has is has some good stuff. Okay. I don't know. It's also uh, a gorgeous yeah. episode. Like the animation it's is just absolutely gorgeous, right? stunning. Like, you know, you love Death and Robots. Equal. It's it's uh, gorgeous, uh, but problematic. And some episodes are boring. That's that's what you need to know. Some Turn off your brain. Good. 
Okay. Uh, Hasbin Hotel is a one-episode pilot. Uh, the main character, Charlie, has a girlfriend, Vaggie. Um, they refer- referenced each other being together, although it's not too much beyond that. But that is, you know, a, right off the bat, queer main main character. Um, yeah. Would be awesome to see more from the show. They also have this character, Angel Dust, mentions being with guys. And there's character, Alistair, I think is we know as Ace, but I don't know if that's presented on the show. I don't remember. I don't think so. Um, but yeah, Charlie and Vaggie, they're great. Um, Big Mouth, yeah. What you? <laughs> Who's gonna attack with us? I'll talk Look, about I, it because I I have a what's lot. The of... ten, what's the ten? We we want the like twenty seconds. I know, I know, don't I know? I'm gonna give yeah. you the ten ten whatever. It's bad. Minute. It's bad. <laughs> but the big thing about it is that it equates. It's the main thing is that they're saying bisexuality and pansexuality. The difference is that they find attraction to people. So bisexual people they find attraction to men and women. And pansexual people find attraction to men, women, trans women, trans men. Like they equate men and women to be something separate to trans men and trans women. And that's just like the base level badness of it. And there's more beyond that that it goes. And I don't think we need to go deeper than that. Yeah. Yeah, Um, agree. Most bisexual people uh, use that, like the label means uh, everyone um, at this point, and uh, it is problematic to present these types of things because not Big Mouth has a huge audience. And, yeah, uh, that's the bad part. I think like uh, you could show a character being problematic, but uh, yeah, it's, it's I don't. To think imply like all bisexuals are trans exclusive is like a pretty big not good thing to yeah. just blanketly <laughs> didn't, state. Didn't, I also know didn't that's seem not like true. they understood. <laughs> didn't seem like they understood what they were doing i would say no absolutely not i think what they're trying to say is like because at least and this is like you know being pansexual is something that can mean slightly different things to different people see when bisexual for me personally i like to think of bisexual as just like the gender or non-gender somebody is part of your attraction to them like it's actively important and why you like find them appealing whereas pansexual is more of a like I like this person for like their personality first um, and not so much about like their gender. Like that, that is less important if not like unimportant. And I feel like that, that's like a much broader way to say maybe what they were trying to say, but what they ended up saying but was just really not, bad. But that's still not even really accurate. That's, that's more a definition of demisexual where you like, you can only be yeah. sexual with someone who you have find in a personal attraction to, like a personality. Different, diff, look, these labels mean different things to different people. Yeah, uh, I know a lot of people also meet, think, by, uh, equate bisexual and pansexual meaning very similar things. So and then just, they, yeah. just, it's a they also they do fun. tackle, I think, an interesting, like, to give Big Mouth the tiniest little star, they explore this, everyone's like, oh, he's so cool. But then Jay's like, I like dudes. And they're like, well, that's weird. Don't look at me. In the locker room, you weirdo. Like Aww. they they go through this. Um, they don't really resolve it at all, but they do go through. And Jay is like, "Y'all are hypocrites. Like you think Allie is cool because she likes girls, but because I like dudes, it's weird." So you are it's that, Jay. It's that male gaze. Yeah, it's yeah, it's exactly. Not good. What I didn't know until now. Delaney had seen any big mouth. So <laughs> like, oh, like big mouth did that. I've seen I've seen all almost all of season three of Big Mouth. Wow, wow. Delaney's next. You need 
Tanya needs to take you to like a spa for that. Yeah. <laughs> I assume it was for If Tanya it helps, now. she also watches it just for the flaming garbage dumpster fire that but it is. But she watched it on purpose, it sounds like, doesn't she? Okay, okay, okay. Never uh, mind. This doesn't we, matter. This does we, not okay. matter. Let, let's get into anime. We want more time for Given, right? Uh, so yeah. uh, I yeah. feel like Given's the anime you guys have talked to the most about it this and year. Uh, and Stars Align. But uh, here's Sarah and Michelle talk about Given. Michelle, do you want to go first? Oh my god! Um, <laughs> not in not in general, specifically the gay the gay. No, I know. I mean, but when we're no, tackling so Given, gay. everything's no. gay and Given. That's why it's like the breakout gay show of anime this year because it's all really good. Um, so like all four of the main characters in the band are gay and they're in love with each other. Um, two of them are like high school. Two of them are like college plus. I think they're college. Might be yeah, slightly out of college. Yeah. The college one is bi. I think not gay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's all just the the great thing about Given is it, it does that thing. I I was talking like they're they have so much time to develop these interpersonal relationships, and you get their sense of like where they were before and where they are now um, and and how being in love with each other feeds into that and how it impacts like their band dynamic and how their music's progressing and like finding a name for the band and like how they're going to perform if like two of them fight because they're immature and in high school but are crushing on each other but can't communicate great because they're little babies still. And it's like the the queerness is so upfront, but it also just like, it's just, I don't know, it feels like how it feels to watch a really good heterosexual drama show because it's just, it's so naturally put in there and it just feeds everything in a very believable way and it's so deeply saturated with gayness and is very upfront about it like insane i, I say insanely just because like i feel like five years ago i couldn't have found an anime that just does with like yuri and ice tried so hard and they couldn't even get like a smooch and like given's just blown the door open compared to that and it I hasn't been three that on screen kisses between yes! main characters. yes and it's just how many episodes 10 like that's pretty amazing. So, I mean, it's just the writing's really good. It's beautiful. The music's good. And the character stuff's all great. And it happens to be really, really gay. And so, like, that is a quality niche show that I would highly recommend to anyone interested. Okay, yeah, Sarah, I, your I... turn. <laughs> Go. Oh, sorry. Um, so, like, I think that everything, like, the, yes, that is re- all. That given is but the thing that i really loved about given was that there was an actual scene where one older gay guy explained to a younger yeah. gay guy that it's okay to be gay like that was really like good like there was actually like a, a mentor figure explaining to him like yeah that's fine whatever you like you you like him that's cool whatever <laughs> Yeah, that's a really good point. It reminded me, it's like the male, the male parallel to um, Bloom into You when we yeah, have that say, character it me talk of that scene to the, with the bar. Yeah. yeah, it is like that. Like at the cafe, it's like that, but for the guys. Because like, I think that is the first time the main character comes out to anyone and it's his bandmate and he's older and he, oh, go ahead. 
no, no, it wasn't that he was, it wasn't that he was coming out. It's that he literally did not understand that he was gay. Like he literally yeah, didn't yeah, know. Yeah, he, he was, was like figuring out in the process and be like, oh, this is this makes sense now. This, yeah. this is what's happening. It's it was fine. really cool. Yeah, it's really and it's handled very well. It's very gentle and just like understanding. And he has like a safe space to talk about it. And his bandmates supporting him and be like, yeah, well, let's talk about it. It's chill, you know. And it's just so good. It's so good. Because, like, another part of Given is, like, one of the characters, like, part of their backstory is a really tragic backstory where their first boyfriend slash best friend, like, well, is this, like, spoilers? Are we allowed to give spoilers? We can just say it doesn't end well. Let's just it say does it not end. end well. And it's very, and it, it, it could have gone into this tropey territory of, like, we need our tragic gaze. And it really doesn't because the rest of the group is just, like, everyone else is, like, kind of doing okay. Everyone has their drama. But it's not it's not harping on that to be bad. It's, like, part of him being in the band is about him trying to figure out how to get through this and find his own voice. And that's incredibly hard for him. And it does but, like, he's what we were talking about earlier with Shira, where it's, like, it shows that there are other people you can be in a relationship exactly yeah and it just it doesn't all end just with that first person and it can get better and you should be hopeful and like it is a very hopeful show which i also think is just like such a relief it, it is and there's a movie coming out which is great yes nice yeah like uh blooming to you and given i think like kind of seems like a trend more show th- these types of shows are with actual rapper happening in anime um it's kind of crazy because yeah. uh we always joke about how anime is so terrible and problematic and like there are some good shows you know there are some non problematic shows so maybe hopefully more to come uh, another good show stars align uh airing uh, currently i think it just I, stops. yeah oh um, okay, that's ended. a complicated question because maybe not good okay you guys seem to like it though. <laughs> no, 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 it's no, really good the show is great. The thing is, when they first got ordered the show, I'll make keep this short, this part short, they were ordered 24 episodes, but halfway through production, the studio cut them off, even though they had storyboarded most of the season at that point. Like, the whole story was done. And so they have 12 episodes here, but the last 12th episode ends on a cliffhanger, and the story's just not over. But despite that, episode 8 of the series is honestly kind of everything I think I've been talking about, in that, like... It's an episode with two middle schoolers talking about the gender binary and taking it all apart and being like some and like talking about how like they have a person who they consider like an of uncle because they're so friendly, but they're an, a um, a trans guy. And it's like and it talks about that and it talks about how one of the children child talks about like not knowing what they identify as and being frustrated because they people are asking them what they identify as and they don't know. And there's just this, and they actually show a screen of like him, of him reading from an LGBT book. And it's just yeah. like, it's so not subtle, but also it's the kind of thing that we need right now in Japan, I think. And just everywhere, but yeah. Yeah. Nice. nice. And, and there's another character, and there's another character accepting it. Like there's a plot in this episode of two, two uh, male pretending characters dressing in women's clothes to like sneak in somewhere and do something and instead of being this comedic thing all the friends view this as something kind of normal and kind of fine and kind of like not a big deal from that perspective and i think that is good like it's not like done for laughs it's done for a purpose and it's and later in the episode like one of the characters dressed in those clothes goes home and there's a plot a plot thing comes from it for their identity and that's it's just really good and the whole episode is just this 
singular deconstruction of the idea of the gender binary, which is something that doesn't, which is crazy for me to say about the an anime, Dylan. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't. Yeah, it doesn't sound right. But it doesn't. Uh, <laughs> it's never coming out of my mouth. Awesome. Yeah. Hey, look, look. Maybe there's hope for anime. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe. But also, they canceled the show before it was even done. Hey. Is there a, a, a renew Stars Align? Well, like, yes. yeah. Very upset. I'll just say okay. that. Yeah. Okay. Um, not on to the probably not to the level of these two shows, but Sarah's on my um, is uh, probably hard to talk about in these terms. Sarah, I would say the biggest thing is it's just generally queer themed throughout. It, uh, it. Yeah. It definitely seems like, and this is kind of like what I was talking about earlier, where like, why do we have all these children struggling with their identity, and one of them clearly is gay um coded but i don't think they ever say it in the show explicitly but there never is like this real discussion of it like they just have these code code they're just coded and there's a slight talking about it but like they never really dig into it and it's never really considered something truly real and then of course the big thing dylan is the cross-dressing aspect which is just strange in retrospect because the character there's a point where the character moves forward and part of their character growth is that they don't need to cross-dress anymore which feels bad yeah um but at the same time they did a lot of work to to present female which also is strange because a lot of that work is not easy coming from experience yeah, yeah I think, uh, when we were talking about Sarazama, I feel like it was like uh, a lot of potential to do really interesting queer things that probably didn't yeah. get there it, yeah. and, 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 and I really think they did almost get there with the main character because I remember watching it and being like there was a lot of coding for the main character to be trans at the very least and there was a lot of coding for the for the his friend to be really really gay but we just don't do it for some reason it's kind of strange yep okay so uh yeah just check that show out for how weird it is okay honestly. that show is one yeah. of the weirdest shows I've ever watched oh yeah um, and then last, you have uh, Carolyn Tuesday, which has some oh, very God. problematic elements, but also some some other rep in it. And then there's Fruits Basket, a show that uh, some people here love, but has maybe a problematic episode or character to it. Um, if anyone wants to comment on anything from either of these. I can episodes. talk about Fruits Basket, but I think Michelle might be better to talk about Carolyn Tuesday. So there, there, there are certain things that I think are objectively handled very well. Um, you have Gus, who's like the manager of Carolyn Tuesday for their band, whose ex-wife um, is in a relationship with a woman, and and they are very amiable, and he like supports her and has no beef, and they're just fine, and she's just queer now, and they smooch in like a very early episode, and it's like, oh, okay. Which is like nice. She's not a main character, um, but then there's there's other stuff that I'm like not there. I I'm there is like a like Desmond is like an artist who I'm assuming is non-binary. They 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 have they go by not they them pronouns. The way they like talk about it, it's like they said like, well, I was born like a man, but at this point, like I am like sort of comfortable being a woman too but it's like left ambiguous so like i don't think they explicitly say they're non-binary like a lot of these characters but the fact that they are androgynous and use they them it's trying to do something if not explicitly that something to that effect but then you also have things like 
Angela's mom, who is like, I would say, like, obviously trans, but they don't ever say it in the show, which is a bit strange. But like she there's a picture of her um, with Angela when Angela's a lot younger and she's dressed like completely masculine and she goes by she her pronouns now so like that seems to be like a lot of indication that she's trans but like it would help a lot if they just explicitly ever said that um so those are like all the things that immediately come to mind like i always got such queer vibes from carol and tuesday particularly but the show never made that firm um so like i you know it's not it could have been better yeah yeah okay uh, uh, that's Fruits my Basket general stuff? feeling towards Carol Tuesday, but I don't think I have anything else I need to say about it. But for Fruits Basket, I think this is a very big example of the systematic um, uh, transphobia that is in anime in Japan. Like, it's just like, I talked about it, or Beatrice read something that yeah. I or talked about it on that podcast. It might be easier to listen to that just to hear, like, everything I said. But in terms of, like, specifically what happened in that episode... Um, long story short, it pretty much equates being trans to being a crossdresser and to, and like Dylan, like we were talking about, like magically affirming gender and stuff like that. It was, it kind of magically disaffirms the, 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 the character's gender, uh, which right. is frustrating. And uh, Michelle, you might want to plug your ears because I know the end of this character's arc. Oh, I uh, know too. I couldn't help. I, I'm going to say it because it just yeah. makes me so. It's upset. pretty. It's pretty terrible. The, 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 this character's arc. This character. This person who cross dresses as a woman. Because I'm going to say it just because the show says it. Just to be clear, um, they uh, at their end of their arc is that they find that they're confident enough in their own identity and their own self that they don't need to dress as a woman anymore and they can be called a man. And it's just very, very insulting. And this is the anime, and they're fully going with that storyline with the anime. anime yeah. And it's very frustrating that this is the character, this is the show that's like, this is one of the shows that's biggest this year. I remember so many people excited for Fruits Basket to come back, and it's so frustrating this horrible representation is part of it. I strongly agree with all that. It's just incredibly... And this is not Fruits Basket's only crime, but it's probably one of the most egregious crimes. It's and I feel big. like... It is, it, it honestly, like, it was such a shock, like, watching that episode, trying to understand, because, like, this character, Ritsu, is presented, like, as a woman. Nobody tells us they identify as a man until, like, it's revealed in this really, like, dumb, just, like, not great way. And, like, to to then try to, like, piece together, like, well, why are they presenting like this? Why did they have a flashback where they said trying on girl clothes felt, like, yeah. right to them? Like, that is some trans I, experience I stuff. And, like, my takeaway was basically, like, this is maybe what happens sometimes when, like, cis women write things and make decisions not knowing the vast impact, like, it's gonna have because there's... And the thing is, like, we had so many people, like, defending this, be like, no, it's fine, it's just a cross-dresser, it's not a big deal. But it's like they're it, trying to be trans, but it's like, yeah, it's and it's the like... The flashback. Sorry? The flashback's the big part of this, where, like... Yeah, it's a they, huge part of it. They specifically say they feel safe and comfortable yeah. when they're doing this for the first time. And it's just, like, that's not a thing you say unless you're... 
digging something deeper here that we never get into. Yeah, and that's the thing, like, if this was presented, like, wholeheartedly as just, like, cross-dressing, like, that would be its own kind of problematic thing. But, like, it is, it is so cloaked in so many, like, trans-experienced things, you can't take that away from it. And that just makes the fact that they decide that oh they're gonna be a man and they're okay like that was a phase basically that's the like yeah. that's the biggest turfy thing you could say to a trans person is that it's a phase and that's that they transition and that is exactly what this character ends up doing and that alone is just so not good and just in 2019 you think this wouldn't be a thing that was perpetuated but, but it's based here on we comic. are but they could change it i mean that's what but we they, keep saying yeah. like they they, they made a choice and that choice really sucks. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, you have, we have on the outlet about Haru, Michelle. If you like, uh... Haru is very bi and he loves one of the main characters Yuki a lot. And it, it is pretty clear, but the show also like doesn't. They don't seem to a hundred percent think that's a great thing, and that's also very sad and distressing. That's sad. Yeah, sad. Okay. So, in conclusion, <laughs> anime still uh, a mixed bag, despite some some bright spot shows. Um, and there's obviously a ton of problematic stuff happening that we didn't even mention on other shows that we just don't watch. Yeah. Um, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> sucks yeah. to end on a bad note. Well, let's end. Let's end on a good note then, with uh, some final thoughts on on anything we've talked about. Um, Michelle, do you have any positive comments to end on? Um, I'm really excited to just see things be even more gay as we move forward. And like my ultimate goal is just like to have, you know, what I'm hoping she was going to do when I think shows like Given have been doing really well is just like give us full people experiences that relate explicitly to their queerness to help people, real people watching the shows navigate their lives with a little more confidence and a little more like easily and with more acceptance. Like I think that's the ultimate goal. If you're going to have this in your show and you should to take it seriously and think about how you're going to help real people with it. So that's like, I feel like especially with kids, that's especially important. The fact that there's so many of these children's shows that are starting somewhere is a very good indication of like our cultural shift so I'm just like excited. 2020, come on, let's do it. Awesome, yeah, yeah. Let's let's see what's coming up. Hopefully, even better than this year. Uh, Delaney, any any final thoughts? I believe 2020 will be queerer than ever. Yay! Bold, bold statement. This is my bold statement. We will find out <laughs> okay, next we'll year. See. Let's start. <laughs> let's start off strong soon. Okay, we can do it. Uh, Sarah, final thoughts. Uh, I. This, this there was a lot of fun stuff this year, and that's good. We don't have to do sad gays all the time. Yeah, like that's probably the biggest thing. And also, I think the biggest thing is that like it feels like a lot of creators are being a lot more vocal about the censorship that's happening, even if it's just like little mm-hmm. things. Like it feels like we're we know about the censorship happening in a more tangible way now. That might just be like recency bias, recency bias, but I think that's actually happening. Which I feels agree. like yeah. Which feels like it's not, an, it's definitely not enough, but I mean that, like, it's a, it's a big deal that they can, they feel like they can't even say that it, that this happened. Right, like, addressing that there is, like, an actual problem is part of the step to, like, 
making it less of a problem. Yeah. Yeah, it's not yeah. a big step, but or it's not like a big step forward, but it's an, a step that we need to take at some point. Yeah, yeah. I, I It's talked about more. I think that's part of the breaking the ceiling type thing, I think, uh, able to be talked about and able to be shown more. And hopefully all, all that continues. Um, I thought there's a lot of great stuff we talked about. Um, so thank you guys. Uh, and if you listening have like connected with any sort of discussion or have comments that definitely comment about anything and um, can always do follow up podcasts on any of these, like many topics we talked about. So if you liked anything in particular, let us know. Um, And then, you know, we'll see if uh, hopefully some big stuff pops up next year. We can follow up with maybe things we're talking about in a context of new thing that's happening. Those are some things I'm interested in, in moving forward. But um, yeah, that was, that was great. And 2019 was, um, had a lot of good stuff. So that's great. And uh, yeah, <laughs> thanks. Thanks. If you made it to the end, thank you. Very long podcast. Good job. Uh, Two overly, hours. Woo. Yeah. Oh. Overlyanimated.com. Um, our Discord, talk to us about anything we talked about on our Discord, overlyanimated.com slash Discord. Thanks to all our patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Bob. And thanks, as always, to our patron executive producers, uh, Ryan, Steve, Alex, Beatrice, Hugh, Michael, and Needle. Um, check, we, uh, yeah, I mean, if, if this year, we talk about a lot of these shows that we've talked about in more detail on this podcast and a lot of these types of rep uh, issues and just rep in general um throughout a lot of our discussions if you're you're new to us all that's at overlyanimated.com and subscribe uh all those places so thank you guys for listening uh we'll see you next time bye bye bye, bye. bye.